0: 日本史学習に最高に物語のサイト侍アーカイブス本キャストへようこそ。美しい自然に溢れてる縄文時代から華らん万丈な幕末まで全時代を網羅して日本史の隅から隅まで一緒に語り合いましょう。では早速日本史の世界へ。Hey,
1: welcome back again for yet another exciting Episode of Samurai Podcast. Is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris here with Travis, hello. Nate, and Ali. Hello, hello. Hello. And today we're going to wrap up our coverage of the Japan Studies Association 18th Annual Conference at the Hawaii Tokai International College in Honolulu, Hawaii. And Beautiful, so sunny Honolulu. Yes, with dead homeless people on the sidewalks.
0: They're not dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they just don't move. <laughs> <laughs> so no, he had a sticker
0: in
2: his mouth yesterday. <laughs> He's catching <laughs> better. <laughs> Bring up um, today.
0: I
3: Bring up. So today. <laughs> the next one that I have in well, I don't know. The next one that I, I I have in my book is is Nagashino. I don't know that one yeah that whole nobody nobody who listens to our podcast
2: wants to hear about Nagashino (laughs) um,
3: nobody who listens to our
2: podcast wants to hear any more about
3: Nagashino (laughs) that's true
2: (laughs) that's 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 certainly probably true. Though, that's the funny thing is, you know, that's
1: what we get questions about. It's, it's.
2: I want to hear more from Nate about Nagashino.
1: Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: is it like that, too? It is. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what they sound like, too. Um,
3: that's what they sound like in text. Yeah, <laughs> in text. <laughs> you oh, know magashino. who you are. It's and you okay. know we're talking about you. Anyway. We love you. More um, comments is better than no comments. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, um... So, yeah, I guess we should sort of at least go into the fact that you were a presenter.
2: And that you presented.
3: (laughs) I did. And that you did an amazing job. And people in the room were definitely visibly impressed. No, I told them earlier at breakfast uh, that...
4: You finish up, and I heard people, One woman wow. was like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Did, you,
1: did you hear that? I didn't, <laughs> you didn't no. That? I think you any that, it Really? Of- yeah. I. It, it, was, uh, it.
2: was. it was fun. I'm glad I went first
1: <laughs> <laughs> and got it out of the way. Um, Although it would have also been a strong finish, too, had you I been mm-hmm. the last one. I, I
2: suppose, but um, then you run the, the risk of people coming in and sitting in and then hearing the first one. if If they had heard the... The presenter after me, who we will just stop right there and not talk yeah. further details about, but um, was very monotone and not very understandable, uh, then they might have just gotten up and left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to credit you for enunciating. Thank you. Because you did speak very fast, but you enunciated very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, very understandable. But also, you, you, you kept it right within that 20 minute box. Too, yeah, I, I had a stopwatch
3: right next to me. Yeah. Nice. To, to <laughs> like, watch. Yeah. But for something that's essentially a, a seminar paper, or a, a plan B paper, mm-hmm. um, that is say, a non-thesis paper, I mean, you the, the amount of Well, I guess
1: te- technically it is a thesis paper, because that's what you have to defend, right?
2: Well, no, I don't, because I'm, I'm on a plan B at uh, UH, which means we don't do a thesis. We just take... Ordinarily, what you would do is take two of your research papers from your, your classes and do a defense of those two papers. So the, this will
1: probably be one of this them. This
2: is definitely one of them and the other one is my other paper um, that I've done on Nagachino about the historiography mm, and the way it's 30%. represented in All oh, right. Which in, we kind uh, of covered in, in Yeah, we've talked about few, right,
3: that really one back in like
2: May or something.
3: Yeah, yeah. But in any case, but I think that for you know, for a, that kind of paper, for mm-hmm. a grad student paper The amount of work that you put into this and, like, it's just Mm mind-boggling. Well, I appreciate that. Especially compared to certain presenters who will not be named, who don't even speak Japanese at all. You're not looking at Ali, are you? I was just about to say you mean Ali Rapp? No, I was... What? (laughs) I was talking about nobody in particular. No, I I loved your presentation. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, you know, you went to primary sources, Mm -hmm. you analyzed... Uh, but I mean, you, you you know you went really in depth into like the number of arquebusiers and, and sort of, you know, and you even used pictorial sources, which, as an art mm-hmm. historian, I'm like, what? I, actually, I was impressed. What mm-hmm. I didn't realize you were going to do that. at paintings. What? Yes. And I
4: think, yes. I think what I loved about just having you as a presenter of this was that with your background, right, in the military, you come with this topic you bring to this topic so much credibility that it's not that historians don't have that right because they right. study military traditions and things like that but but the fact that you come from a background currently that understands military theory and that has has these i things in your head and you come with this credibility i think was yes, was so yes. refreshing
2: i mean yeah, to hear, it's to it's, What I try to do is not just take the theory, but the, how it's actually practiced today right. and apply it to mm-hmm. a historical... It so it's like a
1: multidisciplinary yeah. approach.
2: Right, which I really think is how you have to approach things. Oh, because, yeah. you know, we've had people who who have approached not, not just Nagashino, but other topics and other things is from, you know, a certain perspective. And that's all fine and dandy and provides a starting point. But, you know, there's... Nothing in this world has only one facet to it, so you have to look at, at, at all these other things. And um, I appreciate your comment, Travis, about you know looking at the primary sources and, and so forth. One of the things that I found in my previous paper was that people either don't or they don't question them. They look at them superficially. Right. Um, and nobody had taken them and laid them all out and tracked the
3: comparisons mm-hmm. and where this one said this, where another one said this. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that's um, a lot of really busy work. And yeah. D- and, and, and that's why yeah. people haven't done it. And you've yeah. done it, you've taken the time,
4: you've mm-hmm. taken
1: Yeah, so and, so. and actually counting the number of soldiers on oh the, my the, the, the folding screen.
2: When you said, yeah.
4: what, like 700 something? 700,
1: <laughs> uh, over 700. Yeah, that
4: took
2: um, like a full half day to just get through that portion of it. Yeah. But the funny thing is, and 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 so that the podcast listeners know, we'll have we'll be releasing the audio as a podcast, probably just following, episode, following this one, separate episode, and then um, we will have other stuff available on the website to, to talk mm. about it. Not the actual paper itself just yet, because that may end up going forward for publication. We'll see. But um, the the. So we won't go into too many specifics about that. Uh, this is just more about the process and, and stuff, what we're talking about right now. But, you know, I mean, that's that's what I, I I picked up on when I did my last paper about the historiography, is that no one... I mean, it would make sense to me that you're trying to find information about something, you look at everything that covers it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: rather than just picking and choosing and going, well, I like this one because it, it's this.
1: Well, what a lot of them do is, is find... The English article that someone wrote, or the English book that someone wrote, right. and then just quote them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so I tried to go to as
2: many, and I, I, there were even some that I couldn't. I just didn't have time to yeah, to yeah. look at in this in this project. But I, I looked at about uh, eight or nine different primary sources, wow. and um,
1: some I of them. Didn't even know there were that many in existence. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's. there's I, I, I thought there were like four. No. There's. 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 There's, there's some. The, The thing that I wish I had the ability and the time to go through and do is because some of them were written later than others, you can sort of see where one may have borrowed from another, Uh and you kind of have to account for that. You can't just say, well, two sources say this, so it must be true. Mm because One of them
1: took it from the other source. One of them
2: took it from the other source. I don't have really the background in literature to, to... Tease that out fully under. I mean, I can I can look at it and kind of give my best estimate, but, um but yeah, I mean, it was it was very gratifying. All the the, the comments that I got afterwards about uh, about it, and it seemed to. My biggest fear was that I and I I understand what I'm trying to do because I'm the one doing it. I think a military audience would understand what at least right. the military aspects mm-hmm. of it, and it. But I was really afraid that I would not adequately explain that side of things mm-hmm. to a non-military audience. But the, the feedback I've gotten seems
3: to be very positive mm-hmm. uh, that, that I, I, I did that at least adequately. And so. I think in particular also on a very similar note, like just the fact that you presented in an academic mode, mm-hmm. right. in an academic way, I mean, not to disparate I mean I, I I was kind of I was concerned like is he gonna present in the way that he would present to a military audience does mm-hmm. he not know how to present other in, in, in another way right you know you presented you, you did a much better job than most of the presenters mm-hmm. at the conference um, and, and and presented clearly and you know and in a way that was whatever appropriate to an academic mm-hmm. conference right All
2: right. well thank you so
3: yeah um, it was uh... and you squeezed in a lot of information yeah. but not but it wasn't well, I don't know. Then again, I, I've heard you talk about it so many times that I, I'm already, like, on track. Right. So I don't yeah. know.
4: Right. <laughs> but and I, I mean, I think you even... It was, it was fun because I think you even set up this kind of expectation that this, oh, this is going to be good. Because that oh, was very minnesotan stuff. wasn't it oh yeah oh this is gonna be good
0: <laughs> yeah
4: uh because it, that packet that you handed out so you know packets okay. aren't required of course but, but you handed out this like 10 page packet with diagrams that you clearly have put together and that took a lot of work and i yeah. think people were just like oh let's get ready for something good <laughs> and it was just well good i'm glad that so, had that effect so clear that you put yeah. so much work into it which i think was
2: yeah pleasing
4: so, and then you presented it well which was just the,
2: the, the funny thing, um, methodologi- methodologically speaking, um, I'm still working on English. It's my <laughs> third language, I guess. I don't know. Um, but uh, the, the the funny thing with that is that, I mean, this is the the techniques that I used to do this, and there's a lot of them that I couldn't even get in my 60 page paper, mm-hmm. just because, you know, the minutia of of you know counting little men and placing them on maps and moving <laughs> them around, it doesn't make for Good narrative, but it's the kind of thing that I did all the time as an intel officer in in, oh. in various units. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Wow. I, you know, you oh. you have, um, you know, these the 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 we call it an order of battle, but it's basically the you know the layout of a, a military unit, mm-hmm. and you go through and you like, okay, there's this one. Let me put that on the map. I think it'll go here, and then there's this one, and let's and then. And so that's what I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. you can't do that with a pre-modern army because they don't have this mm-hmm. nice little chart of how many people they have and what right. who goes with what and whatever so
0: mm-hmm.
2: um once I got that was the biggest thing was like the counting of the the the, the, the troops on the screen and trying to figure that out and once I had that figured out, it was like oh throw them down on you know on the on the map and 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 yeah um I mean, at that point, once I'd gotten past that point and I had, I figured out a way to create things to work with. I mean, I was having fun. It was mm-hmm. like you know, it's yeah. just I'm in my element. I'm
3: like mm, okay, moving playing things zombie. around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
2: um, it's like playing Total War, you know,
3: or yeah, yeah, uh, something ask, like that. Actually, it's kind of a content question, but um, I'm actually curious now that we're getting into it. the uh, Kawanakajima Kassen yobu. Right. Do you, happen, do you know anything about who, that, who painted it, who they painted it for, who they gave it to, mm. or anything like that? I sh- you know,
2: that's pa- a good question,
3: a, and, and I have absolutely problems. no idea. Okay. Um, I'm just curious, I've been reading a lot of, uh, uh, lately for my own research about paintings depicting, for example, imperial rituals, coronation right. ceremonies. Who paints a coronation ceremony? For what purpose, for what person, um, in this particular case it was painted for the imperial family to give as a gift to the shogun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or vice versa and so anyway I, I just, who, who paints who paints paintings now, of I, I famous battles and who do they paint it for I don't know, I don't know. it's maybe the Uesugi clan of Yonezawa Han all the way up in the middle of nowhere
2: maybe they um, wanted it I think Quite possibly. I mean, it would have been painted, I'm sure, well after the... Well, well after uh, the event. event. I, mean, that's, that's um, I, I head can head. tell you that it, that it's part of a two-screen right. set. And the first one is the one... Or, or Well, I don't know which one's first, I guess. But there's right one that was the one that I used, um, which was the... It's a Takeda unit um, uh, in formation, mm-hmm. in a combat formation. That's only one of the two screens. That's okay. only one of the two oh. screens. The other screen... Is the actual pictorial representation of the battle.
3: Oh. Hmm. So
2: it's the actual fighting. I so would
3: imply that it's a Takeda and, and artwork so forth. And not right. really a CDR. You, you,
2: you would think, but I, again, I, I don't know. That's a very okay. good question that mm. I.
3: Yeah, no, I. I now that, that I think that about I, it, it would be useful to have the answer to. Your, you know, um, I just thought it just occurred to me. Just but just yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and so. that's.
3: I would assume that's almost definitely an Edo period artwork. Yeah maybe 18th to 17th century. So. Well, it makes sense. You've said yourself that
1: uh, you, you know you tend to need a benefactor if you're going to live off artwork, and during the Civil War, there's not that
3: many people interested in art. <laughs> right, right. And that pure mm. style of painting, I, I didn't really become big until Azuchi Momoyama at the earliest, mm. I think. Mm. But then again, Sengoku tends to be skipped over in most art histories because it's just... They're too busy burning things. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, but uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. I'm glad I got to do it, um, and uh, you know, it was it was <laughs> the the feedback from many people afterwards was was very nice. Uh, having people come up and and ask when are you publishing, um, that yeah. kind of made me feel oh, good. Well, it was like, uh, oh, maybe maybe I got a shot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so anyway,
1: but well, you know, that could also be the the inception effect too, where they're like, I don't get it, so it must be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know what? If I if I if it
2: gets published, then okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is probably the only chance I'm gonna have during my time as a my my little interlude in academia before I go back to the real world to uh, to do this. So I'm really glad that I did it. It was um, this has been a fun conference, a little laid back compared to.
1: AAS yeah, last year. Yeah, the AAS year. was pretty intense. Yeah,
2: but... Uh, so And I also think
1: about five times as big. I think at that would
2: have been AAS a little cover, too intimidating so. to be my first conference to present at, so um, I'm glad, you know, yes, glad I'm good. glad I did this. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did sort of the opposite. Of my first conference was the uh, College Art Association, which wasn't as big as AAS, but it was, for art historians, it's the big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I kind of bumped um, but and then I presented East-West Conference like two, three weeks later, which is like basically just everybody who lives in my dorm. It's bigger <laughs> than that. It's, it's the largest international grad student conference on Asia-Pacific issues. Oh, sure. But it's, I All don't right. know, it was like next door. It kind of felt like, well, okay. Anyway, I guess, uh, so I'm glad that you got to you know, the yeah. place to start. I guess that begs the question. Why didn't you present at this conference? Why did I not present at this conference? Because... Well, you're in the middle of a lot of I, research, so... Because I feel like... Pretty much the only thing that I feel like I have in a state that's ready to be presented is something that I've already presented three or four times. Mm. I presented it at at College Art Association East-West Center Conference. Um, I presented it within my own department, mm. just sort of to whoever wanted to show up. I presented it again at the UCLA Symposium. Mm. Um... You know, and there were revisions, and it was changed over, and changed sure. the title. sure. but I think it's time to put that one to rest until I decide to publish it, which I'm going to try to do. Mm. Um, and I just the rest of my work is just right now in a state of such complete and utter nonsense and crap <laughs> i can't i can't even envision
2: well, well one thing that we have seen through several of the presentations and we won't mention any of them specifically <laughs> is that you certainly don't have to be in any sort of finished state <laughs> much less That's have definitely. a clue what you're doing <laughs> one of them i i i saw was like you know just he Talked about the two different authors that he was looking at, and then was w- he? W- but he would just talk through the whole thing. It was like, yeah, this is kind of what I'm doing, and I don't really have an end state, and I don't really know what's what I'm gonna how I'm gonna finish this. And yeah, so there was yeah, there was one, there one, there w- one that
1: yeah. uh, my impression he was kind of like, oh, this is kind of an idea I have that
3: I haven't done anything with. <laughs> but I'm just gonna talk about it for 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <like> <laughs> yeah, there was one talk that was the only art history talk, more or less, mm-hmm. at the whole conference, and it was basically basically as if she had gone and taken like those two pages out of the survey of Japanese art textbook. And oh, like, no. You know, <laughs> like, if you don't know anything about art history, here's something new and really interesting and exciting. If you have studied Edo period painting, then you know all of this already. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is, this is my research. Like, uh, I'm sorry.
4: Oh, no. I don't know.
3: There's
4: yeah. stuff like that at every conference, though, I suppose. know oh, The
1: A- AAS I conference, the Association for Asian Studies conference, was basically like Really tight. They, everyone who presented had a, a full, because it's research paper. Yeah,
3: right. right. And even and, and at conferences like that, even people who are just in sort of beginning stages or are incomplete, they have enough and they talk about it eloquently enough. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're very yeah. directed about like this is where I'm stumbling. Maybe somebody can help me. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: There were a few that right. it, it yeah. sounds like they had like maybe the, the first draft finished. And they're like, this is, yeah. you know,
3: look at, this is what I'm looking for feedback on. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. And there were definitely some papers at AIS by very prominent scholars who I really like, who I've read their stuff. And you could tell this particular project or this particular presentation was much more sort of survey level. Mm. If you don't know anything about Okinawan history, here's some basics. <coughs> this is not my research, this is just like some basics for those of you who don't know. Mm. And it was, you know, but it was delivered well and it was whatever. So, anyway, I don't think that we should get into. Too much of criticizing the whole conference or whatever. Oh, it was. It's people suck. Interesting. (laughs) But it's. I'm glad that I came, and I almost didn't come at all because. uh, But I'm glad that Chris suggested that I should come because. Mm. Well, plus you you got in for like half what I what I paid so. This is true. That's that's a good. (laughs) Did they ask for any uh, identification or anything, or did you just say? They actually didn't. They actually didn't. I'm sorry. I was fully ready to show it, although I had emailed them from my. Account. Oh, I still. I, I have a college email address. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm really glad that I came. If you know, I mean, there were some very good talks, and and even outside of the talks, there was just some really good conversation. Oh, yeah. And if I had not come, I. Um, would have been sitting and staring at my computer screen all weekend, like shouting at myself for why my thesis is such crap. Yeah, as long as you, were, as, as long as, as long as, you be as long as
1: you weren't,
2: as long as you weren't, would
3: have been watching Doctor Who. <laughs> as long as you
2: weren't looking at the subject material of Ali's presentation, then you'd mm-hmm. be okay. So,
4: mm.
3: uh, yeah, there's none of that. Uh, like, was, so was, that, that, that
4: was that a <laughs> segue? Was,
3: <could laughs> was that a clever we, segue? We, 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 we could make it one. <laughs> I have nothing worthwhile to talk about. from Well, other you know, we
1: could kind of mention the other ones uh, after, since since he presented, you presented. We sure. can segue into your presentation. Sure. Which um, you might want to give the actual full title first.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Do I know the full title of my own presentation?
1: That's written down here somewhere. Yeah, they change so
4: much,
3: you
4: know. Uh, I mean, no, it, it's it's one of those titles that's like. 30 words long or something. Overly
3: long to make it Exciting. look academic oh, phrase. Overly oh, 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 Explanation long. of what it actually
4: is. Alright, so <laughs> it, I would say that it almost does explain precisely what it is. It's called Speech We Hate, an argument for the cessation of international pressure on Japan to strengthen its anti-child pornography laws. Um, so, it's a i was a little bit of fun having that as a title because it tends to.
1: It actually sounds like you're saying, uh, well, someone who doesn't know, the hasn't listened to the presentation. It sounds like uh, <laughs> we should stop pressuring Japan to create anti-child pornography laws. Uh,
4: yeah, it really does. It really <laughs> does. Um, and I, I got a, several people after the presentation coming up and, and saying, you know, I, I was interested in what you were going to talk about, and I didn't get to come to your presentation, or you know, I did, but I, it was different than what I was expecting. <laughs> yes, yes, it was.
3: Yes, it
1: was.
4: Um, so. Uh, so, what's
1: the, what's the basic crux of your?
4: Okay, so, can I want to contextualize the paper first? Um, like I mentioned in the previous iteration um, of this sort of conference podcast is that I'm in the Communication Studies Department at the University of Minnesota but this paper this project was completed at my undergraduate institution Augsburg College um, and I was a double major there I also did international relations so this paper was done as my thesis for that Um, so even though I'm in media studies right now communication studies it was done from a different framework so, just sort of keep that That's in mind. natural relations. Point right, of view. right. So there's not a lot of media theory or mm. comm theory in it. It's more IR theory, more law. Uh-huh. Um, but the but the short of it is, I had been doing some research on manga and on you know gender and sexuality in Japanese history and in sort of modern popular culture, and I'd gotten a lot of people saying things like, "Oh well." Isn't Japan a country of pedos? And I mean, it, it, it right. sounds ridiculous, but that's pretty much what people said to me. Yeah, people always say that, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and they and they were dead serious. And it was it was people who I thought would have a more nuanced view, right, of of cultural relativism and law and things like that. People, peers of mine, right, who read manga. Right.
1: Well, Japan but, is notorious for really bizarre. Right, wacky, wacky,
4: <laughs> wacky Japan.
1: The dream of With the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, anyway.
0: Um,
4: and so it sort of developed out of that, and, and I wanted to look at the trajectory, the kind of path of, of laws that the US, the UK, I looked at the EU, I looked at Canada, um, I looked at the UN, mm-hmm. I looked at Japan, and I didn't include all those in the presentation today, but. Um, I wanted to look at the ways that those countries, those groups, have legislated against "quote unquote" child pornography, which the definition of that is an, a whole other issue, which I really can't get into today because it's very complicated and right. you know right. tinged with lots of moral arguments and things like right. that. But um, and psychology that I don't really understand. So just know that that word, that phrase, is complicated, complicated, and comes with a lot of baggage. But I wanted to look at how they legislated against that. Hmm. And I also wanted to look at the ways in which Western politicians, and I, of course Western is also in scare quotes, but Western politicians, Western media and rhetoric have kind of pressured Japan, right? Like, tisk tisk, you don't legislate as hard as we do, and that's right. harming efforts to stop child abuse and things like that. So that that's really what I went into it. Um, hoping to to explore, to unpack. and ultimately i I you know found out that there's such strict censorship laws in all of these Western countries, like laws that I don't think most people know exist, right? right? So this law in Canada that i that I talked about um, before it was modified, literally outlawed depictions. Just depictions, so it didn't even have to be real minor, quote unquote depictions of minors in anything, sexually. Oh, so it didn't.
1: It didn't. What? Also, non-sexual depictions? Is that? No, no, no. Just, just sexual. Yeah,
4: right. So if I if I say depictions of minors, just assume that I mean sexual depictions of minors.
1: So okay, so that makes sense. Then when you mentioned Romeo and Juliet, Uh technically that's a sexual.
4: Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that's somebody
2: something that's worth highlighting for the listeners, especially because when you say. When, when somebody thinks child porn right um which you know uh, and, and, and let's be clear there's, there's 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 a lot of gray area in a, but nobody is certainly going to advocate you know taking photos or exploitation right. of a kid who's 10 or right. 12 or something like that but these law, the way the laws are written you know you, you specifically stressed minor right and a minor I don't know if the, if the legal definition varies from country to country it does indeed um but for, for, you know, in the United States, that would be anybody who's under the age of 18.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which means that even if it's not a, an older, you know, an adult and a minor, mm-hmm. if you have two minors, like the example you used and that Chris just mentioned, Romeo and Juliet, yep. who are...
3: Like 12. Yep. You
2: know, I, what, I don't know what it is in the, in, the, in the Shakespeare story, but like 14 and 16 or 14 yeah, and 15. I think that's about right. It's something like that. And, 14 and 16. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever
4: yeah. It is Late childhood. Or you, mean,
2: and, and this is what really hit me when you were talking about it in your mm-hmm. presentation, is that you could not have a depiction of the two most famous lovers, arguably, in Western literature, um, even if it wasn't, you know, I mean, we're not necessarily even, even talking graphic. right. Um, Just a picture of a genital?
4: A picture of...
2: You know, them right. them in an embrace, which, right. you know, is, is obviously sexual. Right. Even if you're not, like, displaying graphically stuff, you right. could not have that because right. it would be illegal. Right. So. And
3: yeah. especially when it comes to art, and I, and I mean, I think the definition of art needs to be sort of problematized mm-hmm. as well. What counts as art? Right. Uh, and does anime and manga count as art? Or, but anyway, but the point is that if hypothetically, and I can't think of a specific example, but there are, there surely must be out there a gazillion medieval or renaissance paintings mm-hmm. of, for example, Adam and Eve
0: mm-hmm.
3: p- depicted in a way that makes them look like they're younger. Mm-hmm. And Adam and Eve, of course, are never depicted clothed in any part. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't talk about... I mean, I don't know. I mean, and since know, they certainly really
2: couldn't f- have been
3: you know, there's that over the age of
2: 18 right. at right. creation. Right. So
3: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you've... Really famous painting of, of Venus, right? By uh, um, never mind that that, that well, one. That really famous painting of Venus, and she she's definitely an adult in that particular mm-hmm. painting. But Botticelli, uh, thank yeah. you. But if she, as <laughs> the story in the room, <laughs> thank you. Um, but um, but you know, if she high school art history, I have a, a painting. If it's depicted as younger, or if the judge decided that she looked younger,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're talking about fictional depictions, right. yes, I'm sure there's plenty of manga and anime and other stuff out there that is like, in the context of the story, they are a schoolgirl, therefore we know that they are right. under 18. But if it's just a, just an image, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's, it's up to the authorities to decide. Right. It's up to the, the random mm-hmm. border guard who's getting paid $15 an hour right. or 30 or whatever it may be. Right. I don't know. Um, to decide whether or not it's appropriate.
4: Right. I mean, all I think all of all of these things that you're saying are 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 really legitimate questions to ask in this kind of situation because um, there I think there people even in the West where these laws are in place, right? Don't don't know the scope of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and I mean, basically, the gist of the paper is that we have such such strict censorship laws. And yet, well, and at at the same time we we shame Japan, right? Like there are interviews of um, Japanese politicians and there's there's this particular interview that I quote in this presentation of this Japanese um, senior superintendent in the police agency and he says, I went to this UN convention in Sweden back in 98 and I felt ashamed. People told me there that they were questioning Japan's standards of decency. Um, the Japanese ambassador from a couple of years ago actually said the fact that Japan allows people to possess sexual depictions of minors, child pornography um, in any form, inhibits or keeps us from catching child abusers, child molesters, child rapists. And in this speech, he brings up the story of this these young children that were molested and killed I think which of course has nothing nothing to do with censorship laws but they tie it together right right and and so the gist of the paper and the, the presentation mm. is that you know we have such strict laws and we, we shame japan our politicians our, our media shames japan just do a google search child mm. pornography japan so many inflammatory articles and yet what's really ironic what's really <laughs> ironic and what, what really struck me when doing the research was, go look at UN laws about child rights and things like that. There's something called the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, and it's the most far-reaching international law on children's rights, right? Japan has signed and ratified it. Now, ratifying, you can sign something and say that you agree with agree with it without ratifying it. Ratifying it means that you actually make steps within your own country, legal steps, to make whatever's in the, the convention a reality. Okay. Right. Japan has signed and ratified it. There are only two countries that have not ratified the convention. It's Somalia and the U.S.
1: I would argue, though, that the U.S. does that a lot. M- mo- oh. Mostly for... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But for... I, I can't think of the political science term but basically for their own protection we'll right. handle it ourselves we right. don't need to agree to it because this
2: is oh, something yeah, that yeah. Right. just, just takes we care. we don't take want
3: take the UN stepping in and sure. because this is something do. that will take care of our own which, borders. Is, this which is, is
2: fine
1: a, but let's wait welcome to Honolulu. they finally found the homeless guy
4: <laughs> He's not bad I don't want to go on the car
2: <laughs> um Okay, which 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 is a a good point, and we do do that um, frequently with uh, you know even things like, uh, like, like issues, like test, mm-hmm. test ban yeah, treaties that's and I was for. and uh, you know the the mine ban treaty. Um, there were were issues with that that I think we we followed a similar path because it blanket bans mines and the United States uses certain anti-personnel mines that we can control that. You know, where yeah, yeah, yeah. we we feel we're meeting the intent of the um, thing, but we're not signing on to it because we don't want anybody else to have control over what we do with it. Right. And that's fine. I support that in certain instances mm-hmm. uh, without getting too political here. But what you're saying, if I understand correctly, and, and what I, I agree with, mm-hmm. is that you can't then turn around and say, shame on you, Japan, for not being as morally... Uh, you know, right. upstanding as we are,
0: mm-hmm.
2: if you know you don't have that 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 legal, uh, you know you 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 can't do one thing and say another is, is really I think yeah. um, wow. part of the point, and that um, I I think we should just say something to the to the listeners here and explain because there are probably several. Uh, one or two people out of our, you know, five people who actually listen to this,
1: um, uh, us three included. Yeah, us three included.
4: I'll be, I'll be listening. Yeah, I'll be listening. who,
2: who, who, um, who are listening? And they're like, wait, I, I, came here expecting, you know, talk about samurai. samurai and
4: <laughs>
1: we're not, t- we're not actually technically off-brand. We're still t- speaking about Japan. no.
2: But I, I want to make the point that this is, um, you know, we're, we're talking about different papers and different things that go on in a, at a, at an academic conference, and. And one of the valuable things about coming to something like this mm-hmm. is that you get to meet, like we've met Ali, and uh, and listen to people who do things completely not related. You know, they're related in the sense that they also have to do with Japan, but they're not necessarily the same thing that you do on a normal basis. And there's incredible value in that because you see other perspectives, other methods of research, other, I, you know, just in the last two days, in talking to people both about my own topic, and about the topics they're doing, mm-hmm. I've opened up so many different avenues of other research that I want to pursue. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you guys were talking about the the, oh, econo- yeah. the economics with the game theory and the Kurosawa bandits and, and, and stuff, right. and I, I talked with him, and he's going to send me a couple book titles to check mm. out to, that'll help me in my research and so forth. And the, the point of it is that it doesn't matter what your own little section of this pie we call Jap- Japan and Japanese culture is. It's all important. And it's all something that even if you, you know, focus on Edo period... Agricultural manuals. Agricultural manuals. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we know someone like that. Um, then... The the rest of this, you know, understanding... You're, you're going to go to Japan and do research. And you're going to run in... You know, you're going to go into the convenience store. And you're going to mm-hmm. see manga. And it's going to have things, you know, like... Uh, depictions of children. That, that mom never
1: told you about. Yes.
2: That mom or you never even magazines
4: with real. Real seventeen, fifteen.
2: 14-year-old. Yeah, wh- I mean, whatever it is, and and that's part of the greater context of just understanding, you know, uh, somebody who, who studies, you know, an art historian, mm-hmm. for instance, yeah. may have perspectives on, mm-hmm. uh, from what you see in, you know, 17th century painting and mm-hmm, representations right. of of stuff that affect what what, mm-hmm. what, what Allie's talking about, and, and so on, and And so that's kind of what we want to make sure that everybody understands, rather than just, oh, they're they're talking about child porn laws. (laughs) I think I'm going to turn this off now.
3: (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, for example, one of the papers we talked about in our last podcast about um, Chinese and Japanese war museums, Mm -hmm. if I were to address that kind of topic, and I have actually I I wrote a paper on the uh, the new Okinawan Prefectural Museum and how it relates Japan-Okinawa, how it Reflects, uh, uh, how it represents Japan-Okinawa relations and mm-hmm. America-Okinawa relations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I approach it from a museum studies point of view, looking at the labels, looking at the arrangement of the gallery. So anyway, long story short, I just mean to say that even if somebody's coming from a different field or different discipline or a very different topic, for him to go and look at what people said about it and the political pressures and the political interactions right. is a very different approach and it's valuable and interesting to me because I would have ne- never even thought that that could or should be a Valid approach, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's, um,
2: you know, it, it's interesting, and and for many of many of our, our our listeners and and us, you know, if you've spent time in Japan and you've come across the question that 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 you mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, oh, aren't Japanese all a bunch of pedophiles who mm-hmm. fetishize schoolgirl uniforms right. and and stuff? And it's, you know. At at one level, you can kind of play it off and laugh about it or, or, or whatever, but at another level, it's a very serious thing right. that you can't... Not to say that, you know, one thing is bad, one thing is good, or, or, or whatever, because there are certain moral standards right. that, that, you know, we should all have, right. I, I think, and most people agree would agree with that. But examining who chooses that and right. how a culture... Mm-hmm. Like the United States, or like Japan, or like um, Europe, goes about defining that, right. and then how they choose to enforce it,
0: right.
2: um, like with the United States with the censorship laws, versus Japan focusing on the production and the and the sale of. Right of that as opposed to the possession or right, whatever. Right. I thought that was a really interesting, the, the different approaches that they take
3: right. um, and I think in just, it. So. And I think also just it's very important to sort of put everything in perspective and understand relative, you know, in the sense that I thought it was really fascinating what you were talking about, that in the US and the UK, we didn't have any particular, legally, there was no real distinction between mm-hmm. child pornography and all, porn, all pornography until mm-hmm. relatively recently, the mm-hmm. 80s. Right? Right. And so, you know, like who are we to say, like, we've always believed that you can't. <laughs> no, you know?
4: And I, and I think one thing that you know, I found that I sometimes have to say or feel, feel like saying to, especially people, you know, when I decided to do this topic, even at my, my undergrad college, which is very open, right? Yeah. I had to kind of a whole semester explaining, like, why, why I'm taking this position. I think there's something that I, I always find myself saying is so theoretically then, even if you want to say that any sexual depiction of a minor is wrong, right? The creation, the production, the dissemination, the possession, mm. even if you think that cultural imperialism is still wrong.
1: Right, right, right.
4: Right, so you can't do a wrong to make something right. You don't have that right or that responsibility. And so, I think by
1: depiction, do you mean just like created artwork? Well, I'm just
4: saying theoretically. Like you say what you want about what you believe the morality or the the ethics of it to be. It It doesn't make cultural imperialism right. Yeah.
2: At what point? are you going too far in imposing that standard right. on someone else? Right. I don't think anybody here, and I don't, I don't think anybody, I'm, I hope nobody listening would say that it's okay, that the actual physical exploitation right. of children is okay. Right. And, and that's certainly not the position that that, that, that Allie or, or anybody right. is is taking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's a, lot, it's a lot easier when we're talking about actual pictures of actual mm-hmm. um, people. Right. But when you, or, yes, right. when you get into art, yes, when you get into artistic representation mm-hmm. of it, and especially when, like, I find it interesting that you know there's no distinction d- drawn in, no pun intended, on um, the 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 content. Like we were talking about with Romeo and Juliet, if yep. you, in, you know according to U.S. law. Canada. Canada. Okay. Yep. okay. Although Canada, some
4: states could easily, or some state, yeah, make Romeo and Juliet. Illegal. If,
2: if you had, you know, the Romeo and Ju- a, a a picture, a hand-drawn picture of mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet in a sexual embrace, mm-hmm. that would be considered um, illegal child porn mm-hmm. according to Canadian law. Yeah, which just. That just astounds me that that. that Although it it has been it
4: has been modified, so it's not as strict. Once people started saying like, "Oh, you know that you have to take down these paintings in museums," right? They're like, "Oh, maybe we should probably change the wording," but essentially, just assume that the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. does not like depictions in any kind of form, even if they no longer have explicit wording about it. Right. Mm
1: hmm I've seen these sort of I've seen depictions on. TV of that type of situation, so right. the the law must not extend to or maybe television not quite enforced,
4: right? I mean, within the U.S., um, you know, in my presentation, I talk about this weird the way the weird way in which the U.S. laws have progressed, and basically, the Supreme Court has defended possessors, right, saying that. You you can possess and think about something as much as you want. We're not going to say that you can't, as long as you don't create it or exploit children. Right. You know, pretend about right. whatever you want. Um, but then the Congress had said, no, 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 no. Right. It's all right. bad all all the time, right? And so what Congress ended up doing to sort of get back at the Supreme Court was say, okay, it won't be a it won't be a federal law, but we're going to allow states to decide. Oh. Which of course means that. Yeah. There are some states that it's very, very, very strict, and some states that are probably a little bit less so. Yeah,
3: which only, which is only going to create, you know, crazy uh, uh, adventures. You know, driving across state boundaries, or right. we're taking, we're. Well, I'm serious. Like, you know, you're no, just, I, I guess I you're could going on a road is. trip. Right. You happen to have some comic books in your back, uh, right. in your back seat, or you're you're moving, you're moving across country, right. and you're taking all your stuff with you, mm-hmm. and you're passing through Kansas on right. your way from New York to California. Right. Right. Or, and and then you, you get know. pulled over for a broken taillight, and he looks in the back. Yeah, and Yeah, comic books. It reminds <laughs> me of, and maybe it's not fully fair comparison, but I mean, I'm not really saying that we should, or, or anyway, I mean, you know, to have comic books about like rape, for example. But mm-hmm. it reminds me of back in the '80s, I think it was. there were comic books. There were particular, um, if you're whatever, if you're into superhero comics, mm-hmm. there's a couple of very major milestone issues or whatever about drug abuse, about mm. com- he- superheroes mm-hmm. who were themselves oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. abusing drugs, like yeah. right? Green yeah. Arrow, yeah. yeah, yeah. uh, Green Arrows, unfortunately named sidekick Speedy, <laughs> uh, who was shooting up. And even though it was completely a story about why drug abuse is bad, mm-hmm. the very depiction of drug abuse was completely against the comics code, mm. well, that's which, is, right. which is not law, but it's comics industry policy. Mm. And so they couldn't yeah, they couldn't um, get the, the stamp of they approval. They couldn't get the stamp of approval yeah. for that issue. Hmm. And yeah. so it's like... It kind of reminds me of a, a similar kind of thing. Like I'm not saying that we need to or that we should have superhero comic books about why right. rape is bad, but or, or whatever, or, or why child pornography itself is bad, right? But if right. you depict it in, in a comic book, Let's, people yeah. exploiting children in order to show that it's bad, the very depiction of ex- exploiting children in that comic book, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... It, 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 let's, yeah.
2: let's let's take it to
3: um,
2: I mean this is theoretical but it, 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 it's a Japanese history context mm-hmm. here is if you had a comic book that or um, you know manga, anime, whatever it is whatever medium um, that depicted Oda no Manara.
1: with with Mori
2: Ranmaru exactly Mori-, Mori-, Ranmaru. Mori Ranmaru who was his page his, mm-hmm. his uh, you know one of his pages and who was obviously younger, and who,
3: with whom he had sexual relations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's uh, historically accurate. Or just, and, and that or is just, historically. We're just accurate. having any anime or manga about the Ooku or the Yoshiwara at all, mm-hmm. right? Right. But, but to, con- to to right, continue right, with sorry.
2: this, though, okay. Not passing judgment on it one way or another, morally right, morally wrong. This is a historical fact. Right. This is how reality was. So, you can't have anything that would depict that in a realistic, sexual way. Right. Whether you're saying it's good, whether you're saying it's bad, what it, you know, that doesn't matter. If you went to Japan, went to a, a bookstore, found a comic book about the life of Oda Nobunaga, and it had this one picture in it, that would Potentially
3: get you into hot water. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because now, because. Is that the case though?
4: What? currently? In Canada, Canada that if right? you That if you bring stuff back? Yeah,
1: like if you have something, let's say it's a, a simple historical manga that has that particular image in one of the frames, is that under the current laws? Is that.
4: I don't think under US law, like our art, art, quote unquote art, right? So, hmm. kind of the way we think about art in terms of, like, museums and stuff, right? Right, right. Um, so I don't think under U.S. law, art is is under that umbrella. But but I do, I think this is a good space to, to sort of clarify or or contextualize for the listeners that, although I wasn't in, in international relations, mm-hmm. I'm not a law scholar. So while the... Yeah. the and, I, and I did the paper over, over a year and a half ago. Right. So some laws may be different, and I... I don't read law on a regular basis, yeah. so just take, take everything, take um, language with a grain of salt, but this is generally speaking. So don't
1: take this as uh, legal advice. Right, yeah. don't,
4: don't, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, um, but this is what my IR background yeah. got right. me. So anyway, continue the conversation. But, yeah.
3: um, but I was gonna say, actually the gears are turning and I'm thinking there are actually, I don't know how it works out in the law specifically, but there are definitely instances in which Japanese law is stricter
0: Mm, mm -hmm. than
3: American law Mm -hmm. because I I know having worked on an an art exhibition a Mm -hmm. museum exhibition that included a few shunga pieces Mm -hmm. so we're talking about 18th, 19th century Japanese paintings Mm -hmm. by famous ukiyo-e artists Mm -hmm. depicting erotic acts whose other paintings are quote unquote normal pieces of art that are perfectly fine and that are shown and that are celebrated exactly and you have paintings depicting very explicit Mm -hmm. scenes and they were depicted in, the, the, the exhibit traveled to like five different institutions mm-hmm. in the U.S. and included these pieces and showed them as quote-unquote art.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And some museums may or may not have put up signs kind of at the entrance warning mm. parents not to bring your kids, whatever. In Japan, these pieces could not be shown. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the rules are. Maybe, maybe it's about the depiction of pubic hair.
4: Yep, there's, there's yeah. um, laws about depiction of pubic hair and, uh, and on adult genitalia, interestingly yes. enough. So which is yeah. why you see little black boxes and things like right. that covering which is, which up. Is which is where cultural relati-
3: yeah. relativism comes in mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, Why it is it is is that manga does not depict always. pubic hair? Because it's considered more disgusting. Right, And that's why people look younger. Uh, in, sometimes, right? yep. In, sometimes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. Because they don't have the pubic hair. Because the Japanese consider that more offensive right. to show the pubic hair. Yes. So, anyway, but I think the very fact that you cannot show Shunga in a Japanese <laughs> museum exhibit when you can in America is... Indicative that, that of I, I don't know. It, it's, it leads it's into always, other, things, I, other I've, I've always found
2: it an interesting cultural difference. I guess is the best way to put it. That in the United States you can go get a magazine,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and as long as everybody's an adult, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can you can open up a magazine and see the most explicit stuff that mm-hmm. that you or that I could imagine anyway.
4: Look back at uh, Hustler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, yeah, I'm not talking beyond Playboy level. I right. mean, you know but like yes very explicit in the act of sex pornography Um, but the actual act itself is so strictly regulated Mm -hmm. Um, however in Japan it's you can go you go and you go to you know and of course they have magazines and stuff and and all that but it's all um, censored in the genital region you can't open up a magazine and see Naughty Bits Right We'll keep it At that level <laughs> Naughty bits. Is that
4: like Dirty Bit?
2: Um, yeah Something Naughty like bits. that <laughs> So So But somebody However somebody the interior. I haven't mm-hmm. even opened These magazines However You can You can go um, You know Two doors down To the Soap land Or the mm-hmm. You know Whatever Establishment And you can go Access the real thing For right. a fee um, And that's I, it's just it's interesting the way that moralism has mm-hmm. affected laws in each country as to what is bad what is the worst thing is it right. seeing the bit in a magazine or is it actually going and doing you know right. and I, I'm not going to take a position one way or the other right. in, in this discussion but it's right. just interesting and I, and I think that kind of gets to what you're, you're, you're saying is that there are different value systems mm-hmm. And different value sets as far as what's unacceptable and what's not. And just because it's, you know, everybody's going to agree that physical and emotional harm Mm -hmm. to a minor, to a child, is, you know, exploitation is bad. I don't think anybody... Disagrees I mean, even
4: Japan at this point, yeah. after pressure from the West, has said, okay, we will outlaw creation, right? right. So you cannot right. exploit a child. And keep in mind, age of consent in Japan, last time I checked, was around 12 to 13.
2: Um, no, well... Is it higher? It's now? higher. Um, I want to say that nationwide, there's a minimum of 14, okay. and most prefectures have raised it to, I want to say, 17 or so.
4: okay. So last, either way
2: Last I heard Tokyo it was still 14 okay. But most everywhere else it was 17 or 18. Okay.
4: But yeah, But yeah so I mean Just to be clear Even Japan has after pressure from the west Said that creation So actual exploitation of children and dissemination Is yeah. illegal Although it's not often enforced But possession Thought basically right So they're equating possession with thought You can think about whatever you want Your personal life is your personal life Right, right. Yeah, and the but the but the West has takes issue with that.
1: Alright, that covers part two of our JSA conference coverage. So uh, we'll be back next week with part three. And if you want to reach us, you can get us as always at samurai podcast at gmail.com or at samurai archives on Twitter. Also, definitely please feel free to support the podcast with the links that are provided on the podcast blog. And as for today, this is Chris for Ali, Travis, and Nate saying thank you for listening and see you next week.